who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Wander with us into a world of magic. Do you lack magic? Where old stories take on a new life and the world is teeming with possibilities. Well, for the last time, we're not kissing, Fritz. Join Jenny and Madeline in this fantastical audio drama as they journey into the stories you grew up with. Okay, Gown. Let's do this. And reinvent fairy tales with a feminist twist. Ready for your next adventure? Then we'll see you soon in the forest of feminist fairy tales. Audio. Audio Media presents The Patron Saint of Suicides Created by Alex Dolan Blossom finds me at her usual bench, looking out across Lake Merritt. Why do we always meet at this bench? Don't you ever work? Since Clementa, no one wants to come in. I close the office. For now, or for all time? Who knows? I heard about Clementa. How are you holding up? I'm horrified. No, that's a crock. I don't know. Conflicted? We didn't get along. Did you ever? When we met, it was a friendship of convenience, but it was still a friendship. We both lived through the same shooting. There was a connection. Based on your history together, it was more than a connection. Do you know anything about who might have done it? I haven't heard anything, but I assume it's someone affiliated with the NV site. Are you worried about Ben? Please don't talk about my son. If they're coming after people who have been part of Sam's challenge... You're still not getting it. They're not coming after people who participated in Sam's challenge. They're coming after you. They're coming after everyone who killed those men on the train tracks. I just want to make sure Ben was safe. Oh, well, I appreciate your concern. What's this really about? Clementa confessed and they let her go. There wasn't enough to keep her. They have her confession and Lynn's confession. It's got to hold weight in court. Lynn's confession was made under duress. There wasn't enough evidence to back up Clementa's confession. That's really how it works? It's a judgment call. One I didn't make. It wasn't enough for Clementa to go to prison. Someone wanted her dead. (sighs) Looks like it. You're not worried about your safety? You can't prepare for these things. You just always worry. Or never worry. They become the same thing. 
If the Envy don't get me, the police will. Welcome to the club. You're worried about the police? <laughs> don't worry about it. What do I do? You can run. Oh, that's your advice? They don't have a case against you. But they could build one, and soon. You could always lawyer up, but if they end up finding damning evidence, especially evidence that's supported by those confessions, it's not going to end well for you. So, run. That's your best bet. What if they come for you? At least I have a gun. That's a joke. Ugh, not a good one. I don't even know where I'd go. I hear Japan is nice this time of year. Your mother was born there. Does that make you a citizen? I've never looked into it, but they could still extradite me. Maybe. I wouldn't have a home. My mom is dying. Does she have family that could look out for you? No one I've ever met. You've got money. Assuming your mother leaves you some. How long does she have? Not long. I assume she wants you there when it happens. Go figure. You know you'll be committing another crime. <sighs> I visited Owen Olson. Did you tell him hi for me? He's part of this, you know? He might not be running the NV site, but he knows the people who are. That doesn't mean he's going to tell us anything useful. You're so goddamn nonchalant about this. The NV group is somehow affiliated with Owen Olson, or maybe Olson is affiliated with them, but he's not the mastermind, that's for sure. They're targeting people who have been persons of interest in unsolved cases, in particular the train track killings. As much as I feel sorry for you, this just doesn't involve me. Technically, that case was solved. Depends who you talk to. Owen told me they want a big story, something that'll put the fear of God into people. Yeah, that's what terrorists and vigilantes do. They shock people into fear. Do you think they're hunting anyone else, or just me? What did the NV site say? It lists Lynn and Clementa. Then I think you've got your answer. Victor, why do you keep meeting me? I'm doing you a favor, and you're questioning it? No, I'm grateful for everything you've done for me. I really am. But I know you don't like me. And I can't see what's in it for you. I know what I want him to say. I want him to say that we've both done horrible things. We've been hurt, and we've hurt people. We've kept secrets that are devouring us. I'd like him to say that we're bonded together because we can be truly honest with each other. A level of honesty we can't have with anyone else. We can see each other, really see each other for who we are. But he doesn't say that. I need a favor, and you owe me one. Whatever you need. There's a lot going on, most of it dangerous. I don't know what's going to happen, but something's going to happen soon. If something happens to me, I'm worried about Ben. You want me to watch over Ben? Fuck no! Are you insane? I... I have a sister in Santa Fe. Here's her number and email. If something happens, I need you to contact her. 
I can't reach out now without her flying into a panic, and I can't tell anyone else without arousing suspicion. So that leaves me with you. The other person on the card is my lawyer. Let her know to contact him. She's named in my will as Ben's guardian. I need to know that she'll take care of this for me. Say it. I'll take care of this for you. Good. We're done then. Victor. What? I can't do this for you if I'm dead or in prison. Detectives Gibson and Price stood in a cramped apartment over the body of a young man. His name is Shiv Patel. He's in the system. He was a Robin Hood hacker who got busted for draining millionaire bank accounts and funneling the money to charities. Any connection to Lynn Jackson or Clemente Ibarra or Haven Ultimo? No, but there's a connection with James Kendall. Kendall represented Patel at trial, got him off. Patel never spent a night in prison. Kendall represented Phoebe Newhouse, too. Kendall got around. Did Patel leave a confession? No, but we didn't get one for Kendall, either. Other than a bed and a galley kitchen, the only significant thing in the apartment was a computer station, five monitors, and a stack of servers and drives. Look at this thing. It's like mission control. I know. That stack of servers alone. Someone wasn't a fan of the cloud. What do you think is on there? We'll find out. Price poked a webcam atop the monitor. The red light was on. I'm not seeing how Patel and Kendall are connected to Lynn Jackson and Clemente Ibarra. Maybe they're not. Maybe we've got twin cases that aren't connected. Maybe the pentabarbital is meant to confuse us. Or maybe it's just a coincidence. You still think Phoebe Newhouse has nothing to do with this? You're the one who brought her in for questioning. What do you think? Maybe it's not one set of murders. Maybe it's two. Aren't you going to start recording? We're suspending the investigation. Great. Sounds good to me. We can't establish a case right now. But that doesn't mean I'm wrong. You see enough flies? You know there's something rotten. Blossom checked the time on his phone. You're still ruined, just not in the courts. Once you go back to work, you'll see. Your career is over. Oh, haven't you heard? I'm retiring. I put in my paperwork this morning. Is that another joke? Check with HR, see how funny it is. I put in my time and I have a pension coming to me. I'd like to try out something new. Maybe I'll be a barista, who knows? The world is full of infinite possibilities. If this is over, I'm leaving. Detect, Mr. Blossom, I guess I don't have to use detective anymore, do I? You sure don't, Caleb. Mom and I are sitting together in bed. The TV is off. Want to watch one of Dad's movies? Today isn't about him. It's just us, staring at a dark screen. I'm ready. Okay. I'll get... I'll get what we need. I recover the satchel that Phoebe Newhouse left behind. I don't want to touch it. The bag itself feels cursed. Mom, I'm not sure how this works. We've been over this. You know what to do. 
She's right. Since the nurse ran out on us, I've been practicing. I got a tip online about practicing with syringes by injecting oranges. I poked myself a few times to make sure I wouldn't cause too much pain. Now, I draw back the plunger until I have the right dose. My hands shake. There you go. You've got it. Mom, I need to tell you something. Now who has the deathbed confession? I'm sorry. This isn't about me. I'm sorry. I'm here for you. Tell me. It's it's not important. It's important enough for you to mention it. Tell me. Tell me, Haven. Mom, I'm not a good person. Sure you are. You're my daughter. I'm really not. You're not my daughter? Stop it. You carry a lot of guilt. Your father's death was not your fault. I know that. No, you don't. Milo's death wasn't your fault. And David? Uh, well, he had it coming. That's not it. But it is. You've been carrying this around your whole life. I'm, I've seen how it affects you. And I know. Because I carried the same guilt about your father. I know it wasn't my fault. Or I told myself it wasn't my fault. But part of me always wonders if there was something I could have done. Uh, if I should have seen the signs. It's a crippling guilt. It can break you. It hasn't broken you. I see you. You're strong. If anything, it's made you resilient. You've saved people. How many people do you think you've saved? I don't know. Sure you do. You never know if you've saved someone. Sometimes they might want to hurt themselves. Sometimes they just want to be heard. How many? Between the bridge and the call center, maybe 90 to 100, maybe more, maybe less. See? Not broken. On the train shooting, there might have been 20 men on that train that came to rob us. Only a few of them had guns. Six of them. Two were shot by the police. I remember. The rest died later. I know what happened to them. Mom, I killed those men. I killed four men, the four shooters. I injected them with a sedative and brought them to the train tracks in the middle of the night. I, I cut them so they couldn't run. I threatened to hurt their families if they tried to run or fight back. That kept them there. I made them wait on the tracks until the train came for them. These were tough men, and I saw them weep and beg for their lives. And it made me happy. These men killed your son? I don't know who shot Milo. 
There were too many people on the train to tell. But these men were the reason that Milo was shot. Yes. Well, then, that makes sense to me. What do you mean? If I had killed those men, how would you see me? Would I still be your mother? Yes. Those men killed my grandson. You did what you did. You don't need my forgiveness. Hell, if you want my forgiveness, you have it. But you need to forgive you, not me. I'm always going to love you. I I just want you to find peace, whatever that means to you. Do you want to wait a little more? Do I still have time to call the police? <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. I'm ready. I squeeze the air out of the syringe until a few drops squirt out of the needle. That's the right dose, right? I quadruple checked. I don't want to wake up. You won't. All right, then. I place the syringe on the nightstand and bring the blankets up to her chin. Are you comfortable? Stuck as a bug. Gently, I take her arm and rest it on the covers, then roll up her sleeve to the shoulder. Is there anything else you want? No, just you. I take the needle, and it takes everything I have to keep my hands still. I stroke her skin with my thumb and savor the touch. Then, I insert the needle. She doesn't react to the pinch and just stares up at the ceiling. When I'm done, I place the needle back on the nightstand, and she holds my hand. Slowly, I see her face relax. Her eyes flutter and her hand squeezes mine until the strength drains from it. She looks at me with peace with joy, and her smile widens. I always wondered where he got those eyes. <laughs> and then she's gone. The Patron Saint of Suicides was created by Alex Dolan and produced by Audio Media and co-written by Alex Dolan and Vince DeJohnny. Starring Elisa Park as Haven Otomo, Rob Schwab as Victor Blossom, Dee Rosen as Kamiko Otomo, Georgia McKenzie as Zoe Gibson, Paul Green Dennis as Leonard Price, Robin Regalado as Clementa Ibarra, A.J. Beckles as Owen Olson, and Richie Ammons as the narrator. Also featuring performances by Morrison James, Jason Webb, Bill Kernodal, Patrick Conroy, Brenda Smith, Akshdeep Singh, Marianne Case, John Klug, 
Jamie Mack, C.J. Cressy, Catherine Michaels, Erica Sanderson, C.B. Drogi, and Allison Shepard. For more information, visit www.suicidesaints.com. What does feminism mean to you? During Women's History Month, come explore feminism and how it's playing out in real life with season two of Thread the Needle, a monthly podcast. I'm your host, Donna Schill. I use my background in journalism and draw on women's life experiences to add to the conversation on topics that matter to fellow feminists like you. Now in its second season, listen to new episodes each month as we explore finding yourself through divorce, battling call-out culture, questioning our ideas about masculinity, and discovering why girls' confidence plummets in their preteens. Guests include Stephanie Kuntz, historian and author of Marriage, a History, April White, author of Divorce Colony, and Loretta Ross, professor on white supremacy and call-out culture at Smith College. Listen to Thread the Needle on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.